This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. World Cup winner. Manchester United and England legend. Bobby Charlton made it 4-1. Manchester United had well and truly done. Global icon. Unforgettable. That's what you are. I mean, marvellous feet, super left foot, super right foot. All the quality that you needed for, you know, really, really classy player. Wherever you went in the world with Bobby Charlton, the door opened. He's one of my heroes. If you wanted to live your life and act in a certain way, I think Bobby Charlton, Sir Bobby Charlton, would be that person that you would want to be remembered like. Great man, I loved him. So Bobby Charlton, a legend. And as a young man, Bobby showed incredible courage and strength when tragedy struck in Munich. We had three attempts to take off, and the third time we went straight through the perimeter fence and and the tragedy happened, you know, it was a major crash and then so many people were killed. For Busby's miraculous babe, six weeks from a disaster which stunned the footballing world, are determined to reach Wembley or bust. Bobby Charlton moving in on the left wing again. Bobby helped England achieve their greatest moment in 66. He won the Ballon d'Or, three league titles, an FA Cup and European Cup with Manchester United. A player who scored goals for fun with both feet, breaking records for club and country. Charlton, and a goal! And on the far side, it's Aston. Straight into the path of Charlton! That's the equaliser from Bobby Charlton! Brian Kidd, Bobby Charlton on the left foot, it's infection, and a goal! I'm Henry Winter, and in the next hour, here on TalkSport, this special programme will focus on Sir Bobby Charlton, the original football superhero. Bobby was born on October the 11th, 1937, in Ashington, Northumberland. As a boy, he shared a bed with his three brothers, Gordon, Tommy and Jack, who of course would go on to become a football legend himself. Ashington was a mining village. Their father, Bob, was a miner and had little interest in football. 1966 World Cup winner and teammate George Cohen tells us more. Well, they come from a, an area where life was you know, pretty hard, pretty difficult in the you know, sort of coal industry around there, where they lived. Nobody in their right mind would want to go down a mine. But a lot of people did, of course. They, some, some you know, years before, uh, before Jack or Bob, was that some of the miners used to go down for an early shift, do a shift down the mine, and then go and play football in the afternoon just to make you know, ends meet, which is a terrible situation. 
I can't imagine how they did it, quite frankly. Bobby's mother, Sissy, was a football fanatic born into the Milburn family of professional footballers. All four of her brothers played professionally and the legendary Newcastle United and England striker Jackie Milburn was her cousin. We were brought up more or less to go out and try and prove to the public that you had a certain amount of skill. And it's the same when you watch Bobby and Jackie Charlton now. They go out there and they really enjoy themselves for about an hour and they don't realise, I think I was the same, they don't realise what the game's all about or what pressure is demanded until something happens, until the realisation strikes, uh, strikes them that this game's got to be won. And it is so easy to see what sparked Bobby's infatuation with the beautiful game. Here's Bobby. My relationship with my uncles fostered me, my love of the game and uh, it was just a passion that I had. I had to become a footballer at all costs. Sissy played football with her sons, took them to watch Ashington and Newcastle and later coached the local school team. Here's a proud Sissy discussing her boys Bobby and Jack back in 1988. Bobby was football mad, you know, like his mother. <laughs> he was always so clean and tidy. Jack was always so scruffy. And the proudest moment was when they both came out of the tunnel at Wembley together. Then Jack had reached Bobby's peak, you see. They were both England players. You can't get higher than that, can you? At 15, Bobby was playing for East Northumberland Schools when he was spotted by Manchester United Chief Scout Joe Armstrong. So many clubs showed interest in this talented teenager, but his heart was set on Manchester United. On leaving school, he joined United. Sissy, though, had some reservations. Football was a fickle career. Sissy felt Bobby should have the safety net of a trade. So with his mother's words ringing in his ears, Bobby started an apprenticeship as an electrical engineer. But the idea of a backup career soon disappeared as Bobby turned pro at the age of just 17. Bobby made his league debut for Manchester United against Charlton Athletic, scoring two goals despite a sprained ankle. Here's Bobby recalling pulling on a red shirt for the first time. I'd been scoring a lot of goals in the reserves and Mad Busby called me up to his office. Well, if he called you up to his office, it was always either very good news or very bad news. This was on a Friday when the team was going up and uh, they said, uh, the boss wants you upstairs. Well, I hadn't been playing for a couple of weeks because I had a, a swollen ankle and I had just started to train again. And I, I thought, well, he, he must be going to ask me to play because I, he can't say I'm dropping you because you haven't been playing very well because I haven't played. And he said, how's your ankle? And I said, great. I said, my ankle's great, boss, you know. And it wasn't really, but I said, it's great. And he said, right. He says, then um, I'm playing you tomorrow in the first team. And it, it was words I'd been waiting to hear for, for ages and ages. I'm playing in the first team. But I thought, I'm, I'm a professional footballer. I'm played in Man United's first team. Anyway, I scored, I scored two goals. We won 4-2. I scored two goals and it was just magic. Bobby Charlton was known as a true gentleman. His sportsmanship, humility and work ethic were as famous as his thunderbolt of a shot. Here's Manchester United legend and former teammate, Paddy Crerand. Bobby was one of the shyest persons that God ever created, you know that? He was so shy, he didn't like the stardom part of it and all that sort of thing. It embarrassed him a little bit. I mean, it's hard to imagine a footballer of the ability that Bobby had and played, won the World Cup, won the European Cup, won every damn thing. And yet he was just shy as anything. He never stopped moaning on the pitch all the time. Every ball had to be perfect. Everything, oh, incredible on the pitch. Terrible moaning. But he was looking for perfection all the time. Didn't want him to make mistakes or anything like that. I said to him one day, after one of the games at Old Trafford, I said, Bobby, you moan at everybody. 
most of us have not as good as you. You can't expect us to do things that you can do. That's why you're such a great player. We can't do it. And you keep moaning at us all the time. Give, give one or two of them a bit of encouragement. And they did change a little bit in that fact, actually. Bobby was always looking for perfection. Remarkably, Bobby was booked only twice in his entire career. Once in a league game against Chelsea, the other in the quarter-final of the 1966 World Cup against Argentina for dissent. Because of the confusion around that heated game, the booking was confirmed by FIFA only 32 years later. Here's Bobby's England teammate, Alan Mullery. He was such a quiet fella on the football field, very much like Lionel Messi. He was doing nothing in a game and then whoop, he would change the game inside two minutes you know, and get his left foot and right foot, well, mainly his left foot, smashing it past the goalkeeper. And it came out of nothing. You know, he, he was just one of those players that you couldn't stop. Lovely story with Alf Ramsey, you know, we were at Wembley, playing at Wembley. I think it was against Ryan Crowe. He said to me, this mark this fellow, he's a new young lad, he said, don't give him a kick. He said, every time you get the ball, give it to Bobby Charlton. And I said, why? He said, well, he scores more goals than you do. And that was it, you know, and he did. I mean, you know, when Bobby Charlton got it on his left foot, blimey. Legendary commentator John Motson, someone who knew Bobby for decades, spoke to us about the great man. Wherever you went in the world with Bobby Charlton, the door opened. Uh, he was a, a huge global superstar whose face and whose reputation was um, admired and honoured all over the world. And many was the time I went out with him. He was my co-commentator on several tournaments. And wherever you went, you just knew that if you were with Bobby Charlton, uh, you were on, in safe hands and you were going to get welcomed into places that without him you would never have got anywhere near. And he, he really was a hero. I mean, there's no other way of saying it. But his personality and his character and his behavior, if you like, was, was so implicit in, in, in his personality. He, he just was a lovely man. And, and I don't ever remember seeing him fall out with anybody and it was just wonderful being in his company i can't put it any stronger than that he lit up every room not not by dominating the conversation but just by being there and being bobby charlton and i don't think i can pay him a higher compliment than that bobby was devoted to manchester united the numbers tell their own story of his commitment 758 games 249 goals over 17 years Coming up on TalkSport, we'll continue to shine a light on Bobby's remarkable career at Old Trafford. And for him to go on the field and play with the idea in his mind that most of the boys he had played with before were now missing, I think this was one of his greatest moments. From being a reserve who occasionally got a game in the first team, suddenly I was one that was in the first team on a regular basis and I was in a position of responsibility that I had to take. Everybody wants to shout now. Well done, Bobby Charlton. Well done, Manchester United. Now football is a pleasant game. Play in the sun, play in the rain, and the team that gets me excited. United. I'm Henry Winter and welcome back to a special programme here on TalkSport. Bobby Charlton, the original football superhero. 
In the 1956-57 season, Bobby's Manchester United team won a first title and in January 1958, a hat-trick against Nat Lofthouse Bolton Wanderers showed Bobby's importance to the team. Manchester United, a bunch of bouncing Busby babes. A month later, the Busby Babes sealed a spot in the European Cup semi-finals. But tragedy struck on their return home. On the fringe of a Munich airport lies the wreckage of an airliner, still smouldering from a crash in which 21 people were killed. Tragedy enough at any time. But in that plane were a group of young men who were almost the personal friends of millions. Manchester United the finest soccer team Britain has produced since the war. On the afternoon of February the 6th, 1958, at four minutes past three, 21 people, including eight United regulars, lost their lives when their plane crashed near Munich. But Bobby Charlton, just 20 years of age, survived. I knew that we were running off the runway, and then we hit a house, and I, I don't remember anything until after it was all over. I must have been out for about 10 minutes. Although it seemed as though I just closed my eyes, you know. When I woke up, I saw Harry Gregg and um, the fire engines and the ambulances started to arrive. So I, it must have happened about, I must have been out about 10 minutes. I consider myself the um, most fortunate, you know, because um, not only uh, was I alive, but there, I had no serious injury or anything. When you, when you think of the accident itself, how many were killed. Here's journalist Patrick Barkley. It's described as an air disaster, but the plane never got off. The ground it, it crashed in the snow on the, uh, beyond the end of the runway at uh, Munich uh, Munich's Ream Airport. The weather was terrible. It was early February, and the third attempt uh, ended in in disaster with 23 people dying. The late United legend and Munich hero Harry Gregg spoke to Talksport a few years back. Bobby Charlton, Dennis Violet had been sitting opposite me, or acting the fool opposite me. They were acting the fool doing kicky ball like two big babies over the, at the card school. And on the final attempt, they'd moved to another place. That almost certainly meant that Bobby Charlton had the long and wonderful life that he's had. It would have possibly ended there because he changed from the back of the plane, where most people died, to the front. Although they were unconscious when the plane finally, you know, broke up. Bobby Charlton, I'd pulled him and Tricky. I, thought I left him for dead, but I pulled him away. I tried to get Joe Friday, the house detective, Albert Scanlon out, but he was trapped, he was gone. They miraculously um, came round and were able to run away because at that time the pilot was, um, well, the, the pilot who survived was running around screaming, get out of the way in case the, the plane, the whole of the plane and the fuel caught fire and everything blew up and the death toll would have been even greater. There but for the grace of God, as far as Bobby was concerned. Bobby's brother, Jack Charlton, was playing for Leeds at the time. And the secretary, an old fellow called Arthur Crowther, put his head in through the door and looked round at all the team and he went, there's been a crash, Manchester United aeroplanes crashed. And he said, they don't know if there's any survivors. And then he walked out. So I, I went and phoned a wife, got on the plane, on the train and went, headed home, dashing. And as I'm walking past a, 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 a newspaper lad, and I don't know how in the world I ever saw it, but along the, the stop press piece at the bottom, it said, among the survivors, Bobby Charlton, and I read it from about six yards away. 
And how I read it, I don't know. But I went and bought a paper and I went to pack my wife. I said, our kid's all right. Here's manager Matt Busby praising Bobby's strength in the aftermath of the Munich air disaster. First of all, he had just made his way in the first team. He was fortunate to escape by a miracle, to come out and, and skate in the accident. And he came back home and for him to go on the field and play with the idea in his mind that most of the boys he had played with before were now missing. I think this was one of his greatest moments. Here's Patrick Barkley again. United were sort of driven on by a force. Bill Fuchs, in a way, and Bobby, in a way, didn't have time for the implications of everything to, to weigh on their minds because they had to get back to action. And that the only way back was through catharsis. Just 13 days after the tragedy, United somehow cobbled a team together to beat Sheffield Wednesday in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Bobby recovered from his injuries to return for the sixth round against West Brom. United then beat Fulham in the semi-final replay. For Busby's miraculous babe, six weeks from a disaster which stunned the footballing world, are determined to reach Wembley or bust. Bobby Charlton moving in on the left wing again. He centres, a tussle before the goal, and Dawson shoots! Fulham try to clear, but the ball goes to Bobby Charlton and out to the right wing. Back again to Charlton, who runs in for a shot that leaves Macedo helpless. So the astonishing babes have done it again. And it's to be an all-Lancashire Cup final. Riding on a wave of emotion with virtually the entire country behind them, United reached the final, but lost to Bolton at Wembley. Bobby's mother, Sissy, explained afterwards that the occasion was just too emotional for Bobby. You know, they went to Wembley that year and... Uh, he said to Mrs. Pegg before the game, every goal I score today is for David. Well, he didn't score any. And when he came off, he said, every time I kicked the ball, I could see the lad's faces. Sorry I didn't get a goal for David. Following the Munich disaster, Matt Busby identified Bobby as the player a new team must be built around. Initially playing in the inside forward position, Bobby switched to an attacking midfield role that made the difference for his team. From being a reserve who occasionally got a game in the first team, suddenly... I was one that was in the first team on a regular basis and I was in a position, a position of responsibility that I had to take. I probably got into the first team, I probably got into the, into the national team earlier than I would have ever have done if it had not been for the, for the Munich air crash. But I, I got into the, the first team in the, the, the month before the accident, but I didn't expect to be there forever. I thought this was just a period when I would get the opportunity to play, but I would have to go back eventually into the reserves. Once the accident happened, suddenly I was in the first team all the time and changed my life completely. Really. On to the 1960s and the holy trinity of Bobby, Dennis Law and George Best transformed United into an unstoppable force. I'm picking up Best doing very well, has got Law up there and he scored! George Best sold two dummies and now has made a chance for himself. He's hat trick! Bobby Charlton, United moving forward again. Best again! A glorious goal by Best! What a magnificent goal by Best! Charlton going for a 1 2 and getting it! Oh, what a goal! And Law, in fact, with an overhead kick! And it's there! Now you know why that Bobby, Dennis, and I didn't play together in the final. We had to give the other teams chances. In that period in the mid 60s, between 66 and 68, you know, Manchester United had three Ballon d'Or winners. Charlton, Best, and, and Law won it three times out of five. And, and as a way of sort of explaining it to younger people today, it'd be sort of like having Ronaldo and Messi in the same team, you know? Here's the legendary Dennis Law. If he was in the centre of the field and coming through and he was 30 yards from goal, I knew that he was going to have a shot, and I knew 
that if he got it on target and the goalkeeper saved it, the chances of him holding it cleanly was very rare. And therefore, as soon as I saw him line up for a shot, I would be in on the goalkeeper. So I, I got a lot of my goals from Bobby, really. And getting in a good shot, and Laws put it in. United were crowned champions in 1965 and 1967, but the best at club level was yet to come for Bobby, the European Cup. As captain of United, he scored twice in a 4-1 triumph over Benfica in the final at Wembley. United became the first English club to win the famous trophy. Sadler, Charlton, a goal! He scored! Charlton has scored! Best Charlton in the middle, so too is Aston. Charlton, another! He's got another! It's all over! Manchester United have done it! But there is Bobby Charlton, and where? Alex Stepney was in goal that victorious night. I think the most important, uh, unbelievable thing happened when, when, we, when the final whistle went, when we won 4-1. Today, when you win something, or even then, basically every player went to the nearest player to congratulate each other. But subconsciously, everyone went to Matt and Bobby and, and Bill Fultz because of, because of Munich. And uh, it was in us, yeah. but we never, never spoke about it. Here's former Manchester United chairman, Martin Edwards. Bobby was so emotional that night that, I mean, he never, he never made the dinner in the evening. He was so overcome that, that after the game, he, he, he was absolutely drained and went to bed, whereas the rest of the team all celebrated, celebrated. but he was just over, so overcome with the, whole, the emotion of the whole occasion. It was a poignant, cathartic moment for Bobby and Matt Busby to be crowned European champions 10 years after the Munich disaster. Matt Busby became Sir Matt. Charlton was appointed OBE and earned an eight-year contract from United, the longest ever in Football League history. I'm Henry Winter, and you're listening to Bobby Charlton, the original football superhero. In the next part of this special programme, we'll be focusing on Bobby's magnificent England career. Just listen to the crowd as Charlton leads out England. He played so many games, he broke records. All the England players coming up to congratulate Charlton. I remember saying to my brother Jack when, when the final whistle went, our lives will never be the same again. And there isn't a day goes past when somebody wants to know about the World Cup. It's only 12 inches high, solid gold, and it means England are the world champions. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/spoken today. I'm Henry Winter and welcome back to Bobby Charlton, the original football superhero. Bobby's England career was just as illustrious as his playing days at Manchester United. His 106 appearances between 1958 and 1970 puts him currently 7th on England's all-time list. Bobby's England debut came just two months after surviving the Munich air disaster. That was testament to Bobby's character. A magnificent volleyed goal in a 4-0 victory over Scotland was testament to his quality. He was just 20. Then from a free kick taken by Bobby Charlton, Douglas heads goal number one for England. But Tom Finney is soon bringing it back again. He beats Alec Parker. He centres and Bobby Charlton runs in for a magnificent goal. Bobby's performance captured the imagination, so much so that he was selected for the 1958 World Cup in Sweden, but surprisingly didn't feature. In 1959, he hit three as England thrashed the United States 8-1 in Los Angeles. The goals continued to flow. A second hat-trick came two years later as England defeated Mexico 8-0. In 1962, Bobby had his first taste of playing in a World Cup and struck one of his trademark specials against Argentina. It was his 25th goal for England in just 37 appearances, and he was still only 24. Unfortunately, England got knocked out in the quarterfinals by the eventual winners, Brazil. By now, England manager Alf Ramsey was building an impressive team. Here's Bobby speaking about the England boss. He knew that to get the best out of his players, you had to have a professional attitude. And, and he talked certainly more personally to a player he didn't talk on the team he didn't talk about tactics all the time he talked about a little system that he played too and he wanted you to to fit into this system quite easily and this is what you had to do and and it was quite simple for for players from different clubs to come into and to understand he also asked you if you had any opinions but really didn't listen to them he was single-minded and he he knew exactly what he wanted and of course he created great success Four years later, Bobby famously helped inspire England to achieve their greatest moment in history. And here comes Hurst, he's got some fibbler on the pitch, they think it's all over. It is now, it's four. The big thing was the game and winning the game. We'd been, we'd done our homework, we'd done our team talk, we'd gone through everything that we had to talk about. We were familiar with all the dangerous elements of... uh, of the German team, I was told that I had to 
to go with Franz Beckenbauer all the time. I had to stick with him. He was a really dangerous player who could really do us more damage than any other player on the field. So uh, I, I was told that if I could go with him and stick with him, it would negate a, a lot of their their play. And uh, I thought that we had the best goalkeeper. I thought we had the best defenders. And we played in the match. We were the best team. It's only 12 inches high, solid gold, and it means England are the world champions. I got really emotional. I, I started thinking about when I was a little lad and I, I used to dream about being a footballer. I used to think about the fans and that. It was just magic and I, I broke down. Uh, I think as maybe when the whistle went and all the nerves and all the concentration and everything that had gone into it, it suddenly released and, uh, and, uh, and I couldn't help it. I'm not ashamed of it either. You know, I've never ever cried when, when we lose, you know. Never cried when we lose, but I don't mind crying when we win. Although Jeff Hurst and Bobby Moore are perhaps the most vividly remembered of England's 1966 squad, Bobby's goals against Mexico in the group stage and Portugal in the semi-final were hugely significant contributions. He won the tournament Golden Ball and that year's Ballon d'Or. To win a World Cup alongside his older brother Jack undoubtedly was something incredibly special. And although later it's widely known they had a difficult relationship and grew apart, their bond in 66 was there for everybody to see when at the final whistle Bobby headed straight for his big brother. They embraced, tears streaming down his face. I remember saying to my brother Jack when, when the final whistle went in the World Cup and he said, well, what about that kid, you know? And I said, our lives will never be the same again. And there isn't a day goes past when somebody, somebody wants to know about the World Cup really pleased to tell them when they ask. Here's World Cup winning legend George Cohen opening up to talk sport about the famous brothers and what it was like having them around. They agreed on most things, but certainly there was others that Jack would probably sort of say, I don't like that, and Bob said, well, I like this and I don't like that. And all that. That, may, that goes on in every family. But uh, it, it was very strange to see. You know, I don't think that they, you know, that they were sort of uh, hand in hand walking around and public like that of course it was not like that so it was very much you know it was very butch jack and so was bob and they both understood what the qualities of the either one certainly on the pitch was concerned their private life was nothing to do with me or anybody else but uh, it, it i mean let's say they come from a big family and that's how they were i think they, they didn't have an argument with each other I don't, and in fact i don't believe they talked to each other doing it but uh, the impression was couple of brothers Jack knew that Bob was one hell of a player and Bob realized that you know Jack was doing a bloody good job in the defense especially for for England and and, and for Leeds kept off the subject as you know well my brother's the best in the world or anything like that in 1968 Bobby passed Jimmy Greaves record of 44 goals as England's leading scorer Bobby eventually finished with 49 goals but the record that wasn't to be broken until September 2015. Rooney for goal number 50 for England and history. It's Rooney against Sommer. Rooney scores! He's done it! 50 goals for Wayne Rooney! In April 1970, Bobby reached another milestone when he earned his 100th England cap and proudly led out the team against Northern Ireland at Wembley. Inevitably, he scored. Bobby Charlton, England's captain for the night, waits to make his sentimental journey across the Wembley Stadium. Just listen to the crowd as Charlton leads out England. And Charlton 
just look at this crowd and the England players. All the England players coming up to congratulate Charlton. A few weeks later, Bobby was selected for his fourth World Cup in Mexico, where England once again met West Germany, this time in the quarter-finals. England were 2-0 up and cruising. Legendary commentator John Motson explains what happened next. People think he was taken off at 2-0. I don't think he was taken off till 2-1, was he? Because Franz Beckenbauer had been marking him, and Franz Beckenbauer had scored a goal, hadn't he, past Peter Bonetti? Beckenbauer, still got into Beckenbauer! In the minute! And Alf Ramsey then made some substitutions and he took Bobby off, I think, because he was saving him for the final or, or semi-final because this was a quarter-final. Um, and Bobby was, was not on the pitch when Germany made their recovery in extra time. Grabowski trying to capitalise Cooper. A good cross-ball. Law on the far post. And there's Fuller. Fuller done it. Germany are winning the match. 3-2. And there is the final whistle. It's all over. And England, the world champions, are out of the 1970 World Cup. That was it. At 32, Bobby felt he had achieved everything he could with England. So he decided to end his international career. Flying back from Mexico, Bobby informed Alf Ramsey it was over. After 49 goals in 106 internationals, Bobby did not want to be picked again. Here's Bobby's England teammate, Alan Mullery. Once you get to 32, I mean, I packed up, you know, there when I was 30 playing for England. But either him, he played so many games, he broke records, you know, of people playing. And when you're at that age, you know, you're really going, how can I say, uh, you're not the footballer you were when, when you were 27. Um, and I think he was sensible enough to do that. The only thing is, when you do that, uh, and then you finish with your football club as well, uh, you've got to find out something you want to do outside of football. Uh, because in those days, you know, without earning huge sums of money that they do now, they were very ordinary people that hadn't huge uh, sums of money in the bank and they had to find jobs. You're listening to Bobby Charlton, the original football superhero. And coming up on TalkSport, we'll be celebrating Bobby's magnificent achievements off the pitch. My time at United has been laced with all these great moments, but none more so than my friendship with Bobby and what he's done for me. And when we won the Champions League, he was the last person I spoke to, I think, at the club who'd come and just give me a few kind and generous words before he actually went up to lift the, the trophy. I'm Henry Winter and welcome back to Bobby Charlton, the original football superhero here on Talk Sport, where we've been shining a light on his glorious career for both club and country. That's why, darling, it's incredible that someone so unforgettable thinks that I am 
During the early 1970s, after Sir Matt Busby left the club, Manchester United lost their powers. Bobby left at the end of the 1972-73 season. Here's journalist Patrick Barkley. Well, after the European Cup final was a very difficult time for Manchester United. The emotional drain caused by the winning of the European Cup with a team that was ageing, that was their final flourish. Bobby's career climaxed there. He'd won the World Cup. He'd won the European Cup for the first time by an English team. <laughs> what does he do next? Become champion of Mars? It was quite apart from the fact that he wasn't getting any younger, that his legs had seen a lot of mileage, uh, meant that really all that was uh, ahead, although he fought against it, was slow decline. Tommy Doherty was brought in to replace Busby and tasked with rebuilding the United side. Here's the late, great Doherty speaking to TalkSport. I knew, and I will not mean disrespectful here, there was a lot of dead wood at Old Trafford at the time. Bobby Charlton made it very easy for me because he was one of the ones who would have gone. And they asked me for permission to speak to Sir Martin, the chairman, Mr Edwards, which I gave him, obviously. And they told him that he was finished at the end of that year. It's not a nice thing to see or do. It happens to us all. And, of course, the supporters find it hard tablet to swallow. His final game came against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. United captain Bobby Charlton comes on for his last game before retirement. A crowd of 44,000, 4,000 over the imposed limit and a milling mob of photographers see him presented with a silver cigarette box before getting down to the serious business of football. This makes 751 first team appearances for Bobby, all for United. This last match between United and Chelsea was nothing like the triumph over Benfica but the crowds cheered just the same. After the game, Bobby said, it's nice for a player to be treated like this. But how else do you say farewell to the greatest? Bobby scored an incredible 249 goals for United, a club record which was not broken until 2017 by Wayne Rooney. Bobby's appearance record of 758 remained until Ryan Giggs broke it in the 2008 Champions League final. After leaving Old Trafford, Bobby moved into management and played briefly for Preston North End. It was not a successful period, with Preston relegated in his first season in charge. Here's former England midfielder Alan Mullery. That was very, very strange. You know, with him and what he was, you couldn't see him becoming a manager. He was a very, very quiet person uh, in his time. He, he didn't get into long conversations you know, he spoke when he was on the football pitch. He became a director at Wigan Athletic before finally returning home to Old Trafford when he joined the board in 1984. He still lived locally to United and the move made perfect sense all round. Martin Edwards was Manchester United chairman at the time. I just thought that Bobby would, would be a great ambassador, almost in the footsteps of, of Samat, uh, for the club. So I invited him to join the board. I think it was about 1984 or something like that. So uh, I brought him on the board because I thought he'd be a useful addition with his football knowledge and also uh, the fact that he'd be, you know, with his world reputation, he'd be a great ambassador for the club. You know, wherever you went, everybody knew Bobby Charlton. Uh, the fans uh, associated Bobby with the club and everything else. It, ju it, just, it just helped the, uh, the aura uh, of the club. In 1986, Bobby urged United's board to appoint Alex Ferguson as manager. Bobby admired Ferguson's work at Aberdeen and proved a vital ally at United. Into Sheringham, and Solskjaer has won it! Manchester United have won the 
Here's Bobby's Manchester United teammate, Paddy Crowland. I think he was the main man for, for bringing Alex in. Him and Mark and Edwards together, the both of them, were very keen on... I mean, there was no argument about who was going to get the job. They couldn't get to Aberdeen quick enough to grab Alex Ferguson. Here's Sir Alex Ferguson's biographer, Paul Haywood. I think it was Bobby's judgment and Bobby's wisdom and Bobby's sense of who and what Alex Ferguson was that really made a, a vital difference. So if Ferguson was going to become the new Matt Busby, the successor to that tradition, then um, having Bobby Charlton in there as the bridge to the past was was crucial. And the rapport between them uh, was instant, really. They, they were both people of huge stature, strong characters, clear in their thinking. Bobby Charlton saw in him, I think, a kindred spirit. Thanks to Bobby, United brought in one of the greatest managers of all time. His 38 trophies included 13 Premier League titles, five FA Cups and two Champions Leagues. Here's Bobby on the appointment of Sir Alex. I knew of his work ethic before. People have told me that he would travel in any distance at any time if he thought that he could sign a 10-year-old because he, he thinks very clearly you know, that the youth, young people are the, the future of the game and you have to do it. But he needed his time to, to settle down and he needed his time to, to get the club and the team to, to, to the standards that he wanted. And, uh, and once he'd got that, he then managed. He then managed and he managed better than anybody you could ever hope to, to see. As well as being a huge support for Ferguson over the years, Bobby was often an inspiration for the players too. One of those was Wayne Rooney, who spoke to TalkSport. You know, he's been great for me over the years. Um, I always remember him sitting us all down and having a chat um, with the team about um, the Munich air disaster. But for him to, to do that and, and go back to to what happened um, must have been very difficult um, for him to do that. But for us as, as players, um, to get that insight and that history on the, the club first hand was obviously good for us to, to hear what them players went through. Former United defender turned BT Sport presenter Rio Ferdinand also spoke to us about the great man. Obviously his footballing career goes before him but it's just as, as a man how humble he is. Um, he takes time out of his, I'm sure, busy, 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 busy diary to come and speak to each and every individual. And the thing I used to love about him was actually after a game he'd come in after the game with all of the directors and stuff and he'd walk around, tap you on the head shake his hand, whatever it was. Whatever it was, was well done. Don't worry, next week if he hadn't got a good result, you'll be all right, you'll still win it. Just that reassurance, great man, I loved him. Um, and when we won the Champions League, he was the man, the last person I spoke to, I think, at the club who come and just give me a few kind and generous words before he actually went up to lift the, the trophy. So he's someone, when I think about Moscow, and all the things that you can imagine that I think about, he's a face and a name that comes to mind as well, as much as winning it. So Bobby Charlton, the word banded about far too often for far too many people that probably don't deserve it, a legend. A noted ambassador for the game, Bobby's influence spread far and wide. His foundation saves lives and particularly works on clearing landmines in Cambodia. He played a prominent role in a number of England World Cup and Olympic Games bids, including the successful London 2012 campaign. He also set up the Bobby Charlton Soccer Schools, which stemmed from his frustration at England not qualifying for two World Cups in the 1970s. A young boy named David Beckham attended the summer camp. It was a dream to meet him because he was my dad's favourite player and uh, 
My middle name, Robert, is after Sir Bobby. You have Sir Bobby Charlton come up to you and tell you, well done, or this is how you can do something better, or this is how you represent the club. It means something. It means something when you've got someone with that stature and that experience and who's a legend at a club that you support. You know, to have someone like him come up to you and tell you, it means so much. That's what any great big club needs. Bobby's achievements on and off the pitch were recognised in 1994 when he was knighted by the Queen. In 2008, there was a poignant moment between Bobby and his brother Jack, widely known to have had their differences over the years, when he presented him with the BBC Sports Personality of the Year Lifetime Achievement Award. The two of them embraced. Bobby Charlton is the greatest player I've ever seen. He's my brother. In April 2016, the South Stand at Old Trafford was renamed the Sir Bobby Charlton Stand in honour of the United legend who made his debut 60 years earlier. As we officially unveil the South Stand as the Sir Bobby Charlton Stand. Here's Sir Alex paying tribute to Sir Bobby. My time at United has been laced with all these great moments, but none more so than my friendship with Bobby and what he's done for me. So, Bobby, thanks for having you done for me. On the 1st of November 2020, it was revealed Sir Bobby had been diagnosed with dementia. His wife, Lady Norma, wanted his condition to be made public in order to help others affected by the disease. Bobby's former Manchester United and England teammate Nobby Styles passed away in October 2020 after a long battle with dementia himself. Here's John Styles, Nobby's son. Bobby literally was Uncle Bobby, Bobby Charlton to us. Um, him and my dad are very close. And the 66 lads, I only really got to know sort of uh, later on when they'd all finished playing. But in particular with the players, there seems to be a very common theme. It seems they start off losing the memory at a very young age, 59, 60s. Gradually it goes on. And then, then comes this terrible time. And I, I've been informed that it's to do with, because the damage is in certain areas. They actually get frightened. These, these, these tough, brave men, they get frightened and they have to be next to the wife and the anxiety and the fear and the panic. And as it goes on, it, they sort of become less aware, I suppose, but it, it's, it's, it seems particularly bad for the sorts of dementia the footballers get. So Bobby Charlton continued to attend United Games and be an important presence at the club. He will go down in history as one of the greatest players to grace a football pitch and a truly inspirational figure off it. I'm Henry Winter, and thank you for listening to Bobby Charlton, the original football superhero. Glory, glory, man United! Glory, glory, man United! Charlton! And a goal! And on the far side, it's Aston. Straight into the path of Charlton! That's the equaliser from Bobby Charlton! Ryan Kidd, Bobby Charlton on the left point of defection! Right, and it's Manchester United versus Spurs in this important fifth-round cup tie here at Old Trafford. And it's the fair, slightly bowling chance to kick off. The Munich air crash. Of the crew of six and 38 passengers, 23 are known to have survived. I remember waking up about 50 or 60 yards from the aeroplane, still strapped in my seat. I, I, I didn't know how that happened. England making Portugal chase. Sweden playing right to left versus England. 
the sort of game that football enthusiasts don't easily forget, and one which earned the top international goal-scoring record for England striker Bobby Charlton. In his 85th senior international, Charlton had notched his 45th goal. He was England's all-time top scorer. He lit up every room, not, not by dominating the conversation, but just by being there and being Bobby Charlton. And I don't think I can pay him a higher compliment than that. It's hard to imagine a footballer of the ability that Bobby had and won the World Cup, won the European Cup, and yet it was as shy as anything. What a man, what a player, an iconic legend. Everybody wants to shout now. Well done, Bobby Charlton.